Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Adi toddy, Ole Miss fans, and welcome to the Brad and Chad Show on the OM Network. Brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans, made in the USA. This is the show by and for Ole Miss fans, where you'll get expert insight and analysis on Ole Miss athletics. And now, here are your hosts, former Rebels Chad Flowers and retired NFL star Bradley Sowell. Podcast time. Brad and Chad Show brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans, coming to you on February 15th, 2023, day after Valentine's Day. Football season officially over with the Super Bowl. We got baseball here, thankfully, to take the taste of basketball out of our mouth. <laughs> Bradley Sowell, how are you today? Chad, What? give me your Valentine's rundown. What'd you get? What'd you get? Did you get your wife anything? Or, or are you at that stage kind of like us where it's like, all right, I got you something like a month ago, and it was really nice, so it kind of counts for the next three Bingo. three holidays. Bingo. She's got birthday in February as well, so that was kind of a, you know what, hey, th- we're going to treat this quarter for Valentine's. We'll get the kiddo something, a little balloon, stuffed animal, and we will be nice to each other all day, and that was kind of our Valentine's <laughs> celebration. <laughs> oh, man. The longer you get married, the um, you know, the, the more you try to make up excuses around Valentine's Day. It's just unbelievable, so... Hey man, this is just this this is just a scheme by the card companies, man. This is not even a real holiday. It's all capitalistic <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> That's the way it. I'm gonna look at it, at least, I guess, right? Well, so, so my wife, she always she'll she'll get something just to say she got it. You know what I mean? Like it'll be like the smallest thing. I think she actually got like some like a bag of nuts and it was like these nuts, pickle nuts. And it's like, dude, like you you just got me one little small thing just to say, Hey, I got you something. What'd you get me? So Oh, um, she plays that game. Okay. She played that, she played that game with me. But I got her something nice here, like the end of January. So I was like, hey, that's got to carry over. Like, you got yeah. to divide that into fours, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's a, that was a nice gift. So it's going to probably take care of the next few holidays. Oh, there you go. So you're thinking ahead. You're thinking smarter, not harder. I, I think that's really good to see. Did you get a chance to watch Super Bowl? I did watch the Super Bowl. and uh, Hell of a game, right? Just two real good teams. Those teams were so so equal, man. Yeah. And um, the difference in that game is, is so. So I think the Eagles were better, right? I think I think the roster was better, probably a little more talent, but the Chiefs were better where it counted. That's quarterback and head coach, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just hard. I mean, the, Andy Reid is a beast. He schemes he schemes things up so well, and then you know Patrick Mahomes is just a tad bit better than Jalen Hurts, you know. So I feel like that was a difference. Although I had the Eagles, and I thought the Eagles should have won that game, but. For whatever reason, man, they couldn't seem to pull away. Patrick Mahomes, now obviously he has a long way to go to get to Tom Brady's status, but early in his career, he seems like the guy that if there's somebody that's going to get to that level, he's the guy. He's already got two MVPs, two Super Bowl rings. Dude, you know, just the the play that he made where he made the throw to Kelsey as he was getting tackled by one of the defensive linemen. I mean, what do you do? The defense plays it perfect. He still escapes, still makes the play. That's got to be infuriating to, uh, to play against. And just the throws that he's able to make is just ridiculous. Yeah, he is um... – 
What's crazy though, like like so so Mahomes is unbelievable at, at making you know something out of nothing. Um, but man, how many times do you feel like he was going to get injured in that game? I swear, every time he every time he runs, his ankles destroyed. It's like it's like yep. they tackle him and like the, I don't know. And it's just the weirdest thing ever, dude. But um, yeah, I think he's bound through an ankle injury there, and um, man, just an unbelievable player. Yeah, you know, some other kind of similar football news I found pretty interesting is we finally know when Oklahoma and Texas are going to be joining the SEC. So if you didn't see it, the SEC announced that those schools and the Big 12 finally came to an agreement and following the 23-24 season, so this upcoming football, baseball, basketball season, that May or June, they will officially be members of the SEC. And so how this affects Ole Miss is now, especially on the football side, scheduling, right? So every year we play Vanderbilt. Um, But now there's the conversation, are we going to nine conference games? Are we staying to eight conference games? I've even seen models where you're going to get three permanent teams that you play against, and then you're going to rotate everybody. So you get to play home and away every other team. Basically, if you stay in school for four years, you're going to get to play at everybody's uh, everybody's uh, location, and everybody's going to come to uh, to Oxford. If that is the case, who are the three teams that you want every year? Man, I've seen it broke down so many weird ways. Um, you got to have Mississippi State in there, right? Absolutely, that's um, a given. That's a given. Yeah, you got Mississippi State in there. I, I love. I, I don't want to lose LSU either. You know, mm-hmm. but. But I, I just I just don't know, you know, and then I, my thoughts are probably going to put us in there with Alabama as well. I think they're going to kind of go off, of, you know, who's closest uh, potentially. So I don't know, man. I mean, who, what, what do you what do you think? What do you like? So so I think that what they're going to do is I think they're going to try to align this to get the best possible matchups every year. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to get Alabama. I do think that there's a chance we'll get LSU just to, due to some history. I think it no. will be State, Vanderbilt. And um, uh, and LSU. I think that's the way that they'll do it because I do also think that they're going to throw some of the, you know, not to be a backhanded compliment to us or some of the other schools, but you know, they're not going to put us with the powerhouses of your Georgias and your Alabamas because I think you don't want to just completely demoralize, you know, that part of the conference as well. So I think that we're going to get Vanderbilt State, LSU. I would be shocked if we started if we got L- uh, Alabama, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma. I don't think any I think they're going to play the matchup games with those. I think Texas Texas A&M is going to be a yearly thing. Why wouldn't you want that because that's a ratings bonanza that you're going no. to get. So you you, you got to wonder if they're going to try to protect, you know, Alabama, Georgia, um, you know, Texas, some of those others and and, and try to make you know, I think I want to put Georgia and Alabama together, obviously. No, um, it, no it, they'll it, do Auburn, Georgia, and then uh, I think Alabama will keep Tennessee. Uh, and obviously Auburn and Alabama will stay. Uh, and then I would imagine LSU and Alabama would stay. I would think that that's going to be Alabama's three because those are the big ratings pushes that you see every year with Alabama games. And then you play Georgia every two years. I think that that's the way that they'll do it. They will go because ESPN is going to be driving this ship as well. It's yeah. going to be. Ratings are going to play a big role in this, and that's where you're going to get the most juice. I just feel like if you put Alabama and LSU together, though, they'll be, you know, even both those teams can be great, and then all of a sudden it'll be, it'll be holding one down by playing every year. So it's like you got to wonder, you got to wonder if they're going to try to get the best, you know, they're going to try to put a great team in every pot or however they do it. And then mm-hmm. um, try to make it to where, you know, the other ones have to be exceptionally good to beat them every year. Well, I, I think that if if the model that I'm seeing is going to happen, there will be no divisions, right? And so what that means is you're taking the two best teams. Now, you may see more rematches in the SEC championship, which could suck, but, 
if you're getting the two best teams in Atlanta, I think that's really what the goal is of the SEC championship. So even though you are going to be tied to maybe in Alabama every year, that doesn't necessarily mean that if you lose that one game to Alabama, there's no chance to make the SEC championship, right? So if they go that route, I wouldn't dislike it. And I think that's going to make things a lot more interesting, especially during football season. And how sick would it be, honestly? Like, like think about how sick this would be is if you played 12 games all conference, just straight up like NFL. Like I, I know, I know it'd be tough, but that year, my favorite season still is the COVID year. COVID year, yeah. Those ten games every week was just like, all right, it's an SEC game. I don't care that I'll, I was, I was more, I was happier going six and four, five and five that year, whatever we went mm-hmm. because we won five. I mean, we we won SEC games. It felt like the NFL. I wish, I, I kind of wish college would do it, right? I, it's like, hey, you want money? You want real ratings? Mm-hmm. Let's stop playing. Kiffin wants to stop crying about everybody coming to the stadium. Let's stop. <laughs> let's start playing some real ball. Let's play like NFL. So that way, if you go ten and two, you're like, hey, man, my two losses were, you know, everybody's going to be ten and two, right? So. Yep. Um, it, that's I mean the rosters are big in, in football in college football. You should be able to handle twelve legit games. Whereas in the NFL, you know, you got the whole argument all the time. There is hey seventeen games, you only got fifty some people. Like mm-hmm. rosters smaller. I mean, college you have a hundred people or eighty five people on the roster, and it's like now let's play some real meaningful games. Dude, I did that you talk about some money, make some money. I would go to oh, every. Yeah. I, 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 there was no chance I would miss. Can you imagine back to back weeks of Oklahoma, Texas? Um, LSU than Georgia. I mean, just it just it's like you're so freaking pumped. It's unbelievable. So I wish we would get to that. Yeah, I, I think it would be. I think it obviously your coaches are going to push back, right? Because you're going to have to have equitable scheduling across all the conferences before that happens because you're going to hear all the bitching and moaning about how well you know the Big Ten doesn't do this they play these non-conference games and they're guaranteed basically two slots in the playoff now because they're playing weaker schedules so I agree with you I think that would be more exciting I just don't know how close we are to getting there I think nine games would be fun Uh, you know get us to nine still have to schedule at least one power five opponent in your non-conference that way you've got you know just two of your you know, kind of bullshit games that you have to play. I think I would be okay with that at least for a few years to kind of see how that plays out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's going to be fun either way, man, the uh, college football is changing. It's evolving, right. With the whole paid structure thing. Um, you know, kids are making tons of money. So I, it's, it's time just to put a competitive product out there, right. The whole, the whole feel good of, of, Oh, you know, so-and-so versus so-and-so like, Dude, it's time to it's, if you're going to make it about money and stuff. Let's start playing some real ball. Let's start playing real football and start playing in conference and you know some big time matchups. Right? We got to quit avoiding. I don't want to see. I don't want to see almost play four four cupcakes. I just don't like. Yeah, I, 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 if it's about money and you really need to start generating money, um, you know, you know, for all this nil stuff. Like, dude, let's play some. Let's play some big time ball. And um, I just think it's funner, right? I mean, I, I think it's a lot funner. It kind of takes that whole you know, strength of schedule, you know, stuff at the end of the year out of it, right? Hey, you all played each other. Is that, mm-hmm. in, in, in the NFL, it doesn't matter. If, if you're 11 and five, you can be just as good as a, as, as a 14 and two team, right? You played everybody. Okay. You kind of know how, you kind of know how good they are. Right. So um, I wish we can get to that in college because, because I mean, honestly, I mean, you get teams that are 12 and 0, 11 and one, and they really hadn't played a soul, you know? So. And, and you see that in your product in the playoff, right? You see teams getting blown out because of that fact. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Greg Sankey and the SEC does. We should know something within the next you know two or three months in terms of what the scheduling is going to look like. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to tackle this because it's going to be a real good talking point when that inevitably comes out. But you know, the big news, especially in the old Miss circle, 
Baseball is finally here, and you know, I, I said last week we were going to have a guest, and we had one lined up, Brett Huber, uh, the number one closer in SEC, uh, excuse me, in Ole Miss history in terms of number of saves. He was going to join us, but he had a baby this week, so congratulations to him, his wife. They had a baby, uh, a baby boy yesterday, so uh, congratulations and best of wishes to them. We'll try to get Brett on uh, a little later on this season, so we can talk about the baseball team and what's going down in Oxford. But yeah, you know, we wanted to dedicate this show to to baseball, doing a preview of what the baseball team is going to look like. Obviously, coming off a national championship season last year, what does the team look like going into this season? So the season begins this coming Friday. Friday at home against Delaware. First pitch scheduled for four o'clock. We already have the weekend rotation, right? So we already know who the starting pitchers are going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. No surprise on uh, on Friday. We're going to have, you know, the the freshman stud from last year. He's a sophomore now, but Hunter Elliott is going to be taking the uh, taking the hill. And then you've got your freshman Grayson Sonier. This is the guy that everybody's been talking about in fall camp. Oh. He's a kid from Tennessee, Memphis area. And he's going to be taking the hill on Saturday. And then you've got transfer from Indianapolis, D2. You've got Xavier Rivas. He's going to be taking the hill on Sunday. Now, if he stays the number three starter, we, uh, we'll find out. But that's how Bianco is going to run it out this weekend. So it's going to be pretty exciting to see what they're, uh, what we have on the mound because you're having to replace the College World Series most outstanding player from last year, Dylan DeLucia, who – you know, if you were telling, if we were doing this preview last year, his name might not even come up that much because of you know we didn't know what we were getting with him. He was a transfer, but towards the end of the year, he was the glue that held the whole thing together and really put together that run for the Rebels. Yeah, you know, I think going into the season, man, that the rotation looks set, but you just never know. Um, you know, like you said last year, we we didn't know we didn't know that two got two random guys would would essentially come on the scene and and actually carry us when you were counting other guys. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does the rotation. I think I think that's going to be the difference, right? I think we've added, you know adding adding Ledge and um, the other both the Ethans are both Ethans Ethan Groove for something like Ethan Ledge. Good, really good, you know, players. I think can replace some of the, some of the holes filled. But I think the key is going to be the pitching staff. Are they are they as good as advertised? I think you got a, I think you got a Doug Nikhazy type of player in Hunter Elliott that is you know going to go out on the weekends compete, give you a great chance of winning. Um, you know, the other guys on paper look good, you know, but they are they are younger and and a little bit untested. That's what makes me worry going into the year, right? Like mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a difference if those guys are able to to be serviceable and be good players. Um, that'll be the difference in us making another run and you know potentially searching throughout the year for who's who's that guy. Um, you know, you know to to basically come out of nowhere. So, but I, but all but all reports, man, the Grayson Grayson Sawyer guy, I'm excited about him, man. He's Harthon righty, big tall guy, six four. You know that we got some size. I mean, we got some really good size on the mound this year um, with with him and then um, Revis as well. He's got got good size as well. Yeah, Sonia was drafted 19th round by the Rangers last year, so you've got a pedigree there. At least the, the scouts like what they saw. Well, he, you know, he's from Collierville, so they were able to uh, to see him a good bit. And you know, the Rangers liked him enough to take him in the 19th round. Yeah. Uh, and I think the difference there. I mean, I think he was one of those kids. So I, I did a lot of research on him. Um, his fastball was 90 91. Um, with his size, they were hoping it would get to the mid 90s, which I think he can get it there now. But I'm hoping he's one of those kids that's, you know, 6'4, 200 that's, that's going to start developing over the next year or two and get that fastball up into the mid 90s and then, you know, consistently. And then, then you're, then you're talking about a whole different ball game. The reports were they were, I mean, he could have been inside the, the top five rounds had his fastball had a little more velocity. So kids a legit talent. 
Yeah, he's a, he's got a four pitch mix, right? And that's kind of rare, especially a, a freshman right out of high school, being able to throw four pitches, command those pitches. He should be, you know, if he's able to if he's able to do what, you know, the coaching staff thinks, then you're going to have a legit Saturday starter. And with Hunter Elliott, you know, that's a pretty good one-two punch coming into your weekend, especially once conference play begins. But, you know, the, the interesting thing about Rivas, you know, I mentioned that he's a transfer. Division two school, Indianapolis, that's, you know, that's the same level Delta State's in, which is no slouch in baseball, but there's still – there still remains to be seen how he's going to play against, you know, Division One uh, caliber, you know, talent. But he was seven and zero last year, two point two four ERA, first team All American uh, by some publications. So he's got a decent pedigree for a Division Two school. It's just going to be interesting to see if that translates uh, once you get into SEC ball. So uh, those are going to be the three guys that we ran out this weekend. But as we saw last year. That can change. You've got other arms that can potentially get into the mix as well. If one of those guys, you know, goes down with an injury or is not able to, you know, to really pick it up and be effective. Yeah, no kidding, man. I mean, Bianco's did a great job recruiting. Um, he's tried to fill some holes. It's just going to be a matter if. Um, yes, you may, you know, it always looks good on paper, right? <laughs> like that—that's the thing with baseball. And it, it kind of what's funny is like a lot of guys will play these first couple weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you should be able to beat Delaware and some of these others. It'll kind of play, start playing itself out, right? I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of talent in there. There's a lot of a lot of guys that, that that they're excited about. A lot of big big arms on the mound. I mean, they really are. You know, you got you got quite a few quite a few freshmen in there that look really good or, or have looked good in the fall. So um, it'll be a matter of sorting itself out, man. I mean, it, it really really will be fun to see. Yeah. Now the the other question that the Rebels are going to have to look at is production in the middle of the lineup, right? You lose. Tim Elko, one of the most popular, accomplished athletes in school history, right? 24 home runs, 75 RBIs last year. You have Kevin Graham, hit 335, 11 home runs, 51 RBIs last year. Those are your three, four slots that you're going to have to replace. Uh, not to mention, I already said Dylan DeLucia, you know, in the starting pitcher. You had Hayden Dunhurst, who was drafted. He was your catcher last year. Justin Bench, utility infielder. And the big one that a lot of people may not be thinking about is Josh Mallett. Now, if you go look at the Ole Miss website, he's still on the roster. He was supposed to play this year, but he's out for the season with Tommy John surgery. Yeah, so he was he was going to be your bullpen anchor this year. Uh, you know, coming in later uh, later parts of the season, uh, later parts of the game. But now you've lost him, so replacing him in the bullpen, I think, is going to be one of those real critical pieces because finding that mix in the bullpen, guys, you can trust specifically. Um, there's a lot of inexperience in the bullpen for the Rebels, and being able to find that good mix of guys that you can throw out against your Vanderbilts, your Mississippi State, yeah. your LSU's, that's going to be real critical to conference success. Yeah, I think when we discuss middle of the lineup, I think I think you obviously you got the three pitchers that that you're saying, hey, like going to need to be serviceable to be good again. But there's really like five people on this roster that can kind of make the difference, in my opinion. I think Peyton Chatney is going to be what he's going to be, right? He's always going to be that 280. Maybe he can get over 300 if he gets hot type of hitter. He's going to be a spark plug, good energy. I think we've seen Peyton Chatney. We know what he can do, right? I mean, he's not going to be the – He's not going to be the 350 hitter, I don't think. Maybe he has no, that year this year. But he's going to be a good good piece of lineup. But I think if you look at Calvin Harris, TJ McCants, right, those guys have got to take their game to another level, kind of like mm-hmm. they did in the World Series, right? That was the difference in the World Series, uh, and some of it was those guys were just producing down there. Calvin Harris was, was lights out, so was TJ McCants. Calvin Harris will be wearing number two this year, which is crazy. 
to see is going to be, be a different number. Then you look at then you look at the next two guys. To me, are the two incoming guys, Ethan Ledge, Ethan Groove for golf, whatever you call. Both those guys are pretty accomplished veterans. They they played ball. They both hit well over three hundred. Those guys are going to have to produce. And then and then I think you know I don't want to put this on Kemp Alderman, but Kemp is he is he was good last year, really good player. He's had an unbelievable offseason. Kemp Alderman's going to have to be Tim Elkoish like, right? Yep. Those five guys in my mind, if those five guys are you know, the, the three that are already here take a good jump and produce at a now I'm a legit starter clip and really up their game with the two Ethans that came in. I think your lineup is is gonna be solid. Jacob Gonzalez is gonna be what it's gonna be, right? Yep. All Americans. He's gonna be, be good. He's he's gonna be you know, number three hole, two hole, whatever. Kemp Alderman, hopefully will be the be the Tim. So so the, the the real difference is though is those four to five guys. How how good can their game be? How how, how good can they take their game? You know, and I, I think I think that's gonna be really the difference. I mean, if those guys are average, we'll be an average team. Your national champions are back for another exciting year of Ole Miss baseball. Show your support for both Ole Miss baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation by signing up for the Pledge Per Win and Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday, allocated into your blue priority point total, and are up to 90% tax deductible. So sign up today by visiting givetoathletics.com donate. That's givetoathletics.com donate, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. That's Ole Miss Baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, 662-915-7159. And Ole Miss fans, Morgan Wallen is bringing his One Night at a Time tour to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium April 22nd and April 23rd. Tickets for both nights are still available and start at just $78. To purchase, visit MorganWallen.com. That's MorganWallen.com. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. It's a new year, and that means setting new goals for yourself and your family. And there's no better time to throw financial goals into the mix. Because the past year has been stressful for lots of people, me included. So why not take this opportunity to reevaluate where you are financially and where you want to be down the road? And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group and wants to help you set your financial goals and work towards a more secure financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186 for a no-cost consultation. That's Thomas Chandler at 662-296-0186 to get started today on your journey to financial health today. 
BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I think I think one of the names that you mentioned was kind of a guy I had circled uh, that can really be the key to a successful season, especially on the offense, is TJ McCants, right? The guy exudes talent, right? He's still, you know, he's still looked at in uh, in draft circles as a potential prospect to be drafted. It all hasn't clicked right now in the uh, in the postseason last year in Omaha, pinch hit home runs. He hit one against Southern Miss in the Super Regional. The talent's there. There's no doubt about that. But being able to, you know, hitting 236 is not going to get it done at the in the at the beginning of the lineup, right? He may be in the back of the lineup until he's able to show that he's able to get on base more, a lot less swing and miss. I think that's the guy that can really put everything together because the names you mentioned, right? Some of the transfers you've got: Ethan Groff comes from Tulane, hit 404 last year, 709 slugging percentage. He can also run over 30 stolen bases last year. So he, to me, looks like your leadoff guy, your center fielder, because he also only had one error last year in right field for Tulane. Tulane's not a not a bad baseball school. And then the other guy that you mentioned, Ethan Leger, he's going to be the third baseman. Right. He also was drafted just like, um, you know, just like uh, Sonia, but he was drafted 16th in the 16th round by Milwaukee. Now he comes from Delgado Community College in New Orleans. He hit 399 last year. So you've got good guys that can, you know, easily fit into the middle of the lineup. But the other thing that's really important is how good the defense has the potential to be on this team. Cause I already mentioned Groff with Tulane. You move McCants over to left field. Alderman has a cannon, which you would imagine they're going to put in right field. Mm. Jay's got a good arm. He played shortstop, so they're moving him to third base. 
Now, obviously, some footwork's going to be a little different, but he's got a good arm. Chotney is your defensive guy at second base. And then at first base, who's going to be replacing Elko on the field is transfer from Northwestern, Anthony Calarco. Hit 325 with 13 home runs last yep. year. He was a guy I may have missed on my list there. That He's probably someone I should have added in there as well as a name that, hey, you know, you got the two Ethan guys, you got Anthony Clarka, who I'm going to be a fan of because I see he's from Illinois, um, and he's got to be a Bears fan, so I'm definitely probably going to favor him a little bit. Um, but, yeah, he, he's, he's someone you can add there as well, right? If these guys produce and are as good as advertised or even close to where they were before, we're going to have a really good lineup, man. But if, if they're average, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. Now, the other question is going to be who your DH is, and that's where you can start getting into. We already mentioned Taiwan, uh, you know, Taiwan, who's, um, you know, who was hitting the cover off the ball during uh, during early uh, early practices. But, you know, we start talking about some of the freshmen that are being brought in. And, you know, when you're talking about Alabama and your Georgia during football, you talk about depth and how they're able to plug in four or five star recruits in any of these positions. Ole Miss baseball is where we can have that similar conversation, right? Because if you've got guys that are not, you know, if they're not producing and on the mound or in the lineup, you've got studs that have come in from high school that are ready to go. And one of the guys that you you could see at DH is a guy named Will Furness from Nacogdoches, uh, Texas. If that last name sounds familiar, he's the son of LSU's Eddie Furness, who was inducted into the College uh, Hall of Fame, College uh, the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Hall of Fame. He is a, uh, a first-base recruit. Kid can hit. He was the fourth-best first-baseman recruit in the country. And so he's probably going to be your DH at least a little bit until we kind of figure it out before conference play begins. So Will Furness, you've also got Jordan Vera, who is a, uh, a pitcher who may get to see some time as a midweek starter, maybe in the bullpen. His uncle, fun fact, is John Schneider. He's the current manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. So you got a little baseball pedigree with him as well. And you also got Mason Morris from Tupelo playing uh he's an infielder shortstop but he can also pitch so there are plenty of guys that can come in if some of these transfers are not getting it done or some of the names that we think are going to get it done aren't you've got a roster a very deep bench of freshmen that are should be able to get in there and compete with the best of them yeah if you look at if you look at some of the guys we brought in we brought in some really good size you know furnace is a big kid um judd utter utter mark's a big kid there's there's a lot of big good looking freshmen um i've heard some good things about this furnace kid though so you know i've talked to some guys in the program that say hey, this kid can smash the ball so mm-hmm. um it you know it, it, here's the question right every year Ole miss has the tj mccann's the, the jacob gonzalez the the guys that come out of nowhere as a freshman the this past year was hunter elliott it's going to be fun to see who is going to be the next household name in this class. Like, I mean, that, that's literally one of my favorite favorite parts about almost baseball. Every year, we always at least have one guy. There's always one guy that comes out of nowhere. It's like, man, it, it was Servideo the one year. We always knew who he was, but we knew he was going to be that good. Mm-hmm. You know, every year, I feel like there's a guy that comes out of nowhere. I'm excited to see who that is this year. And it, it could furnish a good, good candidate for that. Yeah, and one of the one of the the freshmen from last year that really impressed me when we were in Omaha was Mason Nichols coming out okay. of the bullpen in those big spots, right? Uh, you know, he may be the closer this year, or Jack Darty. He's back as well. You know, replacing Mallets in the bullpen is going to be really important. So. Are guys like Mitch Morrell, are they going to take the next step? Or are we going to have to turn to some of those freshmen? You've got Sam uh, Takoyan, Brady Disbro. Those are highly recruited uh, freshmen that have come to Oxford this season that 
may have to compete, especially if we're not able to get outs in the bullpen. Because like I said, for me, that's the biggest question mark on this team. Yeah, replacing Elko and Graham, that's not an easy task whatsoever. But you've got some experience there that I think is going to be able to do that. Yeah. Finding arms that are able to get outs out of the bullpen is where I think the money is going to be made this season. Those are going to be the things that I'm looking for early on in this season. The other interesting thing is there's only one left-hander in the bullpen altogether. If you don't count Xavier Rivas, who may be starting, he's a lefty, but you've got Jackson Kimbrell. He's the only left-handed guy in the bullpen, so it'll be interesting to see um, if not having those types of matchups later in the game has any effect on the game. So it will be kind of interesting to see what happens there too. Yeah, should be a fun year, man. Are you going to make out to any games this year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll be in uh, I'll be in Mississippi mid March. I think they're playing Maryland that weekend. I may try to catch a game on Sunday or something, but I'm not sure. Now, did you get a chance to see any of the new rule changes that they're doing in conference play this year? I didn't. I saw a report on. Them. I did not look into it and read it. What 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 were they um What were they entailing? Apparently, it's something to do with the pitching clock or something. Yeah. So there are changes to the to the pitching clock, but the big change is in conference games. There's a ten run rule, right? So oh, you know, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. So there was there was some good heated um discussions over that. So um I like it. Thoughts. Yeah, I like it. I, I mean, dude, ten runs. I mean. Yeah, you can come back from ten runs, but a lot of the times you don't. I would say I would say you look on your schedule, and there's very few and far between times where you do it. Um, you know, maybe it saves the bullpen. Yeah. I'm, cool with, I'm cool with it, right? Like, hey, ten runs. If if I'm a coach, like, of course you can try to come back, but in the day, man, it's not happening a lot, and it, you probably get more more out of saving your arms than, than you do actually keep trying to come back. Yeah, like when Tennessee came to Oxford last year and they beat our brains in. You know, cool. once you start getting to Hey, it's the seventh inning, eighth inning, and we're down 12, 13 runs. I don't just end the game. It's it's been long enough because it takes so long to get to that point anyway, in terms of game time. Dude, just end it. Save my arms. I don't want to have to throw position players out there. God forbid I don't want to burn up any arms that I may need for the following game. So yeah, just end it. Now the the 10 run rule is also available in non-conference games. But the losing coach has to consent to it. So that that's the only caveat there. Conference play, once it's 10 run. Um, I, I, I believe it's the seventh inning. Then the game is over. The 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 decision has been made. But non-conference games it can happen as well. But the the losing coach has to give their consent. Now to your point about the pitching clocks. So between at bats is a thirty second timer. Uh, same thing for mound visits, right? I mean anything to speed up the game of baseball. You're also seeing this a lot in Major League Baseball an incorporation of a pitch clock. Uh, making the batter stay in the batter's box to to get that uh, to continue that at bat going without too many dead spots, and then you also have a two uh, a two minute thirty second clock for pitch pitching changes. So those are just kind of a supplement to the NCAA rules that were already in place. But anything to speed up the game, right? I'm sorry, I love baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan. I've been in a fantasy baseball league for the last fifteen years, but I don't want to watch a four hour baseball game. I, I just don't, especially when you know, the ball's in play for only a fraction of the time of that. Yeah, I know. You know, and, and our producer, Patrick, has really given us a lot of grief. I know he's a real, uh, I'm sure he's a real traditionalist and doesn't believe in the DH or any of that shit either. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I in this day and age, you got to keep people's attention span. And the one way to do that is to keep the game moving, keep the ball in play. So I'm all for it. You know, I don't need the, if the coach is out there coming to the mound, I don't need it to be a two minute visit, 30 seconds and get out of there. 
Yeah, I know. We, we should go with the, the Trevor Bauer mo- uh, motto, where if you you walk a guy, you got to give him a free heater. We can just start getting real creative with baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know. Anything- <laughs> you ever seen that podcast? Dude? So I guess like when they they do live abs versus each other. If you walk the guy, then you got to give him a free fastball down the middle. So. Um, oh, that's pretty interesting. No, I hadn't yeah, heard that, but I, you know, <laughs> anything like that, to, you know, and, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to Major League Baseball, but they're banning the shift this year. So they're trying to keep the ball in play. Wait, there's, there's no shift in Major League Baseball? Yeah. So what they would do is they would take, uh, you know, for a, a, a big pull lefty, maybe your Joey Gallo types, they would move a, a, you know, maybe the third baseman over into kind of short right field to, uh, since they're mostly pull hitters, to try to eliminate them getting those uh, hard hit balls through the hole. So uh, a lot of batting averages took a huge dive with the incorporation of that. So now when the pitch is thrown, you have to have two infielders to the left and the right of second base, right? You can't have three infielders on one side of either base. They're trying to, uh, you know, keep keep the ball in play, but more importantly, keep some of those, you know, what used to be hits, make them hits once again. So that's uh, that's one of the big changes. And they actually made the bases wider. They made the bases bigger in uh, in Major League Baseball. Now, if, I don't know if any of that's going to change in the college game. Obviously, not for this season. But uh, yeah, some interesting changes. How do you, are how do you feel about the shift? I don't. I don't mind it, right? I think. I think it's just. It's. It's, it's like. It's just like the forward pass in football, right? Yeah. Like. 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 They, they've gotten so smart on offense and stuff that defense is really ta- is really suffering now. Um, but I mean that that's just the kind of the evolution of the game, right? You, you start getting smarter ways to figure out the game, and hell, it, it, you're opening up one side of the field, right? Go the other way with the ball. Go the other. Hit. hit force you hit the other way, right? Yes, I, I used to think that way, but when you start listening to how. These guys are going up against guys that throw 95, 100 miles per hour throughout the entire game, right? You've got relievers that are coming in that are specialists, lefty on lefty that are throwing, you know, 95 sidearm with all kinds of ungodly breaking stuff. And you're asking them to go the other way when you're not really compensating them to do that. You're paying these guys to hit the ball out of the ballpark to get the ball up in the air. Now you want them to drop a bunt down the third baseline just to get on base. That's without, that's not really what they're getting paid for, right? And they're not going to stop doing that because, okay, you want to bunt it over the third? I'll make the next guy do the same thing. Um, so, yeah, I understand the point of, hey, go the other way with it, but a lot easier said than done for them to be able to do that because they've been, they're being paid to pull the shit out of the ball, knock it out of the park, and why would I change that approach all of a sudden just to try to hit it the other way? Yeah, I know that, that that's a great point. If you think of that, you know, you if you're forcing your your home run hitter every time to have to hit it the other way or something, you're ruining the game. So I can yeah, I can yeah. see that argument as well. Or you just hit it over their damn head off the wall, you know. Right. So so it'll be interesting to see. You know, spring training is uh, has already started. Pitchers and catchers have reported. So we'll see what some of these early spring training games look like uh, in Major League Baseball and how that goes. Because I would imagine that some of those rules may translate to the college game, especially since you're going to be asking those guys to eventually make the next step and play in the majors. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, so yeah, you know, baseball season, you know, we're going to be recruit, uh, reporting on it, you know, pretty much the entire season. I- I'm so excited because, you know, like we said, basketball season has been a, who it's been a depressing drag, especially on the men's side. The women are, you know, the women are keeping strong. They are playing well. They keep going. They're probably going to be in the NCAA tournament, but man, the men, another embarrassing loss to South Carolina at home this past week. Man, I watched, so I watched that one. That, that's just, man, some teams, dude, I've, listen, I've been on some teams that, that are like this. Luckily in the NFL, not a ton, but like they just don't know how to win. Like yeah. even, even games they should win and should have won, it's like they don't feel comfortable winning. 
it, it's tight, the oddest dude. they play so tight the oddest thing i've ever seen man like and it's sad it really is sad because i don't think our talent is is this bad um it's not i really don't i mean it's from from a recruiting ranking standpoint it's probably one of the best that we've um we've had in a long time. So well, uh, and we've made this point before you look at the players that have transferred out of Oxford and gone elsewhere. They're thriving in these other environments, right? So that alone is kind of a telltale sign that something is not right in this program. And I would be, I would be flabbergasted at this point if changes aren't made. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I would imagine that at this point, if you, if, if he's not gone after the loss to South Carolina, I imagine we're just waiting until the end of the season, which, okay, uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I, at this point, I would be stunned if a change isn't made at the top. Yeah. Um, there's been some names thrown out there in the basketball search. You now you've seen Will Wade. There's been a bunch of people thrown out there. So it'll be interesting to see where they go in that route. Um, I know, I know Ben, whenever we're always on, when we talk to him, he always says Ole Miss is a, is a tough job basketball wise, not an attractive job. I, I just, man, anything, anything, if they would just throw some money in it, I feel like it would be attractive, right? We have a great facility. We have great campus, all that, but it's just like anything else, man. They just, they just play third fiddle to football and baseball here. And, um, you know, it, that's why I don't get too upset about basketball, right? I mean, there's not a, there's not you get a what whole, you pay for, right? Yeah, no kidding. You get what you pay for there, and until we decide as a program, hey, we're going to actually invest heavy in basketball, we're going to get we're going to be a middle of the pack team if it, it's a down, you know, it, it, most likely. So, yeah, you know, the baseball winning the national championship might have been the worst thing to ever happen to the basketball program because more attention and more money is going to go there as opposed to the base uh, to the basketball program. So good for baseball, but it may be, you know, that may be the the the, the people that suffer is the basketball program because, no. you know, Ben's right. I mean, it's one of the toughest jobs in the SEC to win uh, to uh, to win at, and so you're not going to have your top tier candidates that want to come to Oxford, uh, especially when there's not going to be a commitment like you're seeing at the other sports. Yep, I agree there, man. It'll be it'll be that'll be that will be a um, that'll be a fun search. It'll be it'll, it'll tell me a lot of where where they're thinking basketball wise. You know, if, if they're going to go after an assistant, if they're going to try to go get a house, household name and write this ship, kind of like Auburn did. Yeah, it, that will definitely tell tell you where the market is on the program based on what they're able to get. If they're able to get a ma- mid-major guy, his name is escaping me at the moment, but there's a there's a kid, uh, the coach at Florida Atlantic, right? They're they've been ranked all season. He's got some uh, he's got a relationship with Michael White, who's now the coach at Georgia. Obviously, he played at Ole Miss. You know, if they could get a player like that or a coach like that, I think that would be great. But if he's not interested, then, you know, that's a kind of a telltale sign of that's where the program sits and how it's viewed among others uh, around the country. Now, the women, on the other hand, we mentioned last week how the game against Kentucky on Monday was a, not a must win, but it was a really important game considering what they have coming. And they, they beat the Wildcats handily. So that was pretty cool to see because now the big dogs are coming. They've got to play LSU, who just suffered their first loss of the season against South Carolina. They have to play LSU in Baton Rouge on Thursday, 8 o'clock on the SEC Network. So this will be a real good test for Coach O's crew to see what they're able to do. Because I would imagine that they're going to be real hungry after that first loss uh, to South Carolina, and it was a 20-point loss. I would imagine that they're going to be hungry and ready to go. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Coach Joe and them tackle that. Yep, no question, man. It's it's, it's always good to, to see it. Like I said last show, every sport, every sport doing well and competing, they, they, they should be a, get a decent, decent seat in the tournament. 
Yeah. And then, uh, you know, last thing that I wanted to hit on, I've got a little football news that we'll touch on in just a second, but we mentioned softball season. We did the preview last uh, last week on them. They're four and two right now uh, down in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. They're still there. They're going to play this weekend, too. Uh, four and two, you know, wins against teams like North Carolina, Wisconsin, North Dakota State. Both of their losses came against ranked teams, Oregon, Oklahoma State. Uh, so we'll see what they're able to do. They got uh, Liberty in Southern Illinois on Thursday. So hopefully they can keep the winning ways going, uh, you know, down there in Mexico. And then they'll be back up in the States before long. And uh, that home opener in, uh, in Oxford's only a few weeks away. So that'll be, um, that'll be uh, circled on the calendar for sure. Yep, no question, man. It's a good good to see them get off to a good start. And um, I know we got a lot, a lot of new faces on that team, but it's um, you know, hope maybe when these last three start out seven and two is a solid solid set. Yeah, and I said we're done with football, but there was a pretty interesting story that happened in Oxford this week. You've got another situation where a coach has left for the same exact position in the same conference. So running backs coach Markel Blackman uh, left to take the same job at Texas A&M. So let's talk about that first. We've had this conversation before, but it bears repeating. Does it just feel like people don't have a good working relationship with Lane Kiffin? I don't know. I mean, some say some say yes, some say no. But then on the flip side of that, the coach just came back. That was Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith came back, and um, you know he left Miami. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I wish I was in the program. I know there's some guys that have been with him have enjoyed it. Some have not enjoyed it. So um, it, it's just one of those things, man. I mean, it's a um, it's weird. There's a lot, lot of stuff that goes into it, right? When a coach leaves. You got family stuff, you got money, you got, you know, better, you guess you think it's a better situation. But what we have to realize as fans is like not every coach that comes gives two shits about Ole Miss. We're just right. viewed as a job, right? Yep. So if you're working for, um, let's say, Napa, okay, auto parts, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden AutoZone comes in and says, hey, bro, I'll give you, I'll double your salary. Are you going to care? No, you're going to yep. go to cricket, you're going to go to damn AutoZone. Right. So it's a different it, it's in football, it's just a different thing. Like, hey, they maybe feel like that's a better situation. I, I mean, I don't think Texas would be a better situation. I think Jimbo Fisher's fired after this year, after he goes, after he he has his best season ever and goes eight and four or whatever, whatever it is or or whatever. But I, I just I, I don't know. But for whatever reason, it's happening. And Lane is having no issue really replacing him. So um, we got Kevin Smith back, which is who recruited Quinshawn. It, it is what it is. Running backs, coaches. I, I, I was thinking D Nix would go back, but I guess that's not a um, not an option. So he's saying at wide receivers, but running backs coaches isn't going to make or break it, right? Like no, Quinchon Quinchon's going to be Quinchon with or without, you know, whatever whatever coach name Blackwell. Yeah, so so like you mentioned, Kevin Smith is back. He, um, you know, he had a a very illustrious career as as a running back himself at Central Florida, and then uh, he spent some time in Oxford before going to Miami, which is his hometown. So for him to leave his hometown. Uh, to come back to Oxford, I mean that's that that's a good thing, right? We talk about Markel Blackman and how curious Blackwell and how curious that is that he left for someone to leave their hometown and come back. I think that's pretty cool to see, and um, you know, I'd imagine that Quinchon's pretty excited considering he uh, he recruited him like you were talking about. Yeah, how about Henry Parrish? You think what? How do you think he feels down down in Florida? He left <laughs> almost to chase him down there. Now he's stuck back in Florida, so um, well, I'm sure he's fine, but yeah, that sucks. 
Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, as uh, as spring practice gets uh, gets going here in the next couple of weeks, right? It's like football season never ends. You know, we'll be uh, we'll be talking about and see how these uh, these players are progressing. But I uh, wanted to make sure to mention one of our sponsors, Jeff Griffin with Stevenson Griffin Group at Baird Private Wealth Management. You can go to the group's website at stevensongriffingroup.bairdwealth.com or give them a call at 662-841-1900. Before we leave you today, I would not be doing my job if we did not get Bradley to tell us about what is going on in his uh, his softball world. So I'm just going to go ahead and sit back and let Bradley uh, reminisce and tell us about how the last week has gone and what's coming up for his girls. Well, we got a tournament this weekend in Oxford. It's going to be really, really cold. Um, you know, I'm excited about our squad. We got um, – we're one of those teams we have no record because we didn't – we're a new team, right? And we're going to show up on the scene in Oxford, and we're just going to have a 0-0 record. People are looking at us like, oh, it's probably this new startup team. They have no clue. They have no clue what they're in store for. We are actually solid as a rock, and I'll be excited excited for us to, to play. You know, we're not the best. It's going to be an ambush is what you're saying. It's going to be an ambush. We're not, we're not the best team in the area yet, right, because I haven't quite got into some of these parents' heads. But I will tell you this. We are not someone to overlook. I don't okay. care who you are. We are not someone to overlook. You will you will struggle if you overlook us. <laughs> well, there, there <laughs> There we go. And so, uh, so yeah, if you're in town for the baseball game, uh, make sure you go check out wherever, uh, whatever park y'all are playing at. Maybe we can go check out Bradley's team and, uh, and root them on. So go Knights, I think is, uh, what I'm <laughs> that's right, baby. All right. So, uh, so yeah, so make sure you like, and subscribe wherever you get the Brad and Chad show brought to you by blue Delta jeans. Also, you brought to you by Southern craftsman, uh, you know, nest and wild mattresses powered by decades of experience and passion for improving your quality of sleep backed by 99 night guarantee. They will help you sleep easy made locally in Tupelo, Mississippi. Find them on Amazon or nest and Uh, so yeah, Bradley, good luck this weekend. Good luck to the rebels on the diamond. It should be, uh, should be a fun weekend down in Oxford. Uh, and we'll talk next week to uh, to recap all of the makings that you have down in Oxford, all right? See you, Chad. Howdy, toddy. Howdy, toddy. Thanks for listening to the Brad and Chad Show. Follow the boys on social media for more content. And don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been an OM Network production brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans, made in the USA. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.